time for episode 36 of Customers Who Click. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Laura Higgins about how brands can grow organically on social media by finding their unique message. It's such an important part of the marketing mix these days. And while maybe you don't need to be on every channel, most brands will find their audience somewhere and benefit from focusing on that channel. If your product is very visual, then Instagram is probably the place for you. Uh, but if your business is more B2B, then maybe it's LinkedIn instead. Whatever your business, there's opportunity for you on social media. You just have to get your approach right. And this is what Laura will explain for us now. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself, a bit of your background and why you're doing what you do at the moment? Hey, Will. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be with you today. Um, so I run a business called La La Social Club, and essentially I am a marketing consultant and educator. And what I really do is I work mostly with small businesses um, in their online marketing to really help them cut through the noise because, and I mean, you totally know this well, there is a lot of noise online. And so I really work with people to find their unique message and communicate it on social media, through their email marketing, through their websites and their branding, and really bringing all of those elements together to help them get really great results and and to help them to actually make more sales. So, yeah, that's kind of a bit about what I do. I um, I started my business when I was 23 and, you know, I started it out of my bedroom and I had, you know, no qualifications. <laughs> like I worked at a, as a barista and I, so I, I love really good coffee and I started working for a coffee roaster and you know I I was working at their cafe and then they were like oh look you know we need some help with sales and (laughs) I was like okay like I could probably give that a go so they hired me I started working in sales so my job was really to get um, cafes to use their coffee that they'd roasted to use their coffee in their cafe and and so I would arrive at cafes and I was so I was so not good at sales (laughs) I was so not good and I would walk into cafes and and try to you know spark up a conversation and then you know by the end of the conversation I'd just be like oh you know here's this coffee (laughs) do you want it like what and and then I would end up just being like ah forget about it I hate this (laughs) so then eventually the owners of the business were like, actually, like, you know, this is when Instagram just became a tool for businesses to use. And they came to me and they were like, look, we think, um, you know, Instagram could be a really good platform for us. And, you know, I, I could take photos, I could write copy, I, I had a bit of a design background. So I was like, great, I'm just going to wing it and make it work and then their Instagram took off it really started to generate more sales for them Um, then we started you know looking at their website looking at campaigns we could be running and you know all the while I was like I'm making this up so it took off and we kind of then from there I had people approaching me saying hey like can you do a similar thing for my business and and then we started you know I, I started working enough on the side with all these other businesses in helping them with their social media and then it got to a point where I could quit my job and then I guess the rest is history I've I've kind of arrived 
here now instead of managing social media for people, I actually um, actually consult them and train them on how to leverage all of the marketing channels that are available to them to really communicate their message and and reach their ideal customers. So now that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of me to I think to this date short story version. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so yeah, kind of just picking it up on the way. Um, I mean, that's it's kind of what I did as well. Uh, yeah. You know, no, I mean, I, I did a bit of a marketing diploma, like a little bit into my career, but generally it was picking stuff up as I went, trying things yeah. out, learn it, like reading up as much as I could, uh, like like yeah. outside of work, um, and and just kind of try and make it work, and then. Yeah, the more and more experience I got, the, the better I got at it, I think. I isn't, it, isn't it so funny that like a lot of this stuff that we're doing, you know, I think if you're in online marketing, you could do it, you know, you could do a marketing degree or a communication degree or, you know, whatever. But a lot of the time it's so fast moving that what you'd learn, you're better off just learning it on the job, <laughs> I think in in our online space so it's really fascinating to me um you know I always thought oh gosh I probably should have studied but I in a way I think it's worked to my advantage because I'm like well I'm just learning everything and I'm teaching people what's worked for me and what worked for other clients I've worked with other projects and and it's all from experience rather than you know a, a technical background that you've learnt that this is exactly how you should do it and there's no other way to do it. I think it's far more fluid than that, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I did a, a diploma in mobile marketing with the Chartered Institute of Marketing here in the UK Yeah, back in kind of 2012, 2013-ish. Yeah. So kind of when, we, you know, the, the iPhone had been out for a few years, I think. Um, Isn't that crazy that our life is like before iPhone, after yeah, iPhone? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like I, I think apps and things like like mobile, we had mobile websites, not dynamic websites. Um, yeah, and it, and right. it was the days when literally every company wanted an app. So like every online retailer built an app. And, yeah. and now most of them are gone because uh, no one no one really used them because no one wants to download an app for one store. But um, yeah, I remember reading the the mobile textbook that they gave us. I knew from my experience was already out of date. It was it was I was wow. already I already could point out things in that book that we'd moved on past because yeah, like it was such an early early thing. So things were moving so quickly, which meant that yeah, it, like anything that got written down and put into a textbook, by the time the textbook gets published, it's it's out of date. And, 100%. and now even the, the kind of principles of marketing textbook and stuff like that for, for a few, maybe a couple of years after that, I thought, all right, I got a bit of structure from that. It helped me structure the stuff that I picked up in my experience. But now I, I couldn't really point to anything that I actually use from, from those days. I find it's crazy. Yeah. Like even things like, I mean, some people would disagree on this, but like SWOT analysis and things like that. Yeah. I've I've never really used them. I've never found them useful. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, 
so, it's so so fascinating yeah let's um talk a bit about organic social then why obviously it's been around for years so i don't want to make this too kind of simple but uh you know, why do brands like need to pay attention to it um i guess particularly smaller brands um are there certain um social platforms that you'd recommend yeah i think you know i, I guess it's probably no secret that social media needs to be part of your marketing strategy i think most people would recognize that i think where people you know, go wrong is when they forget that social media, you know, it was built predominantly as a social platform. It was built to see your friends' content. And, you know, whenever Instagram release, Instagram in particular, whenever they release changes to the algorithm, they will often say, we want this to be, we never want you to miss your best friend's post. So I think the big thing is making your business feel like something that you, you'd follow, feel like something that you you would engage with. And, and, you know, it's such a powerful tool because, you know, the average person spends two hours per day on Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, to be honest, I'd say that's a pretty conservative statistic. I think it would be more than that, uh, particularly if your audience is, you know, under under 35, under 40, there's a lot more time spent there. So I think, you know, if that's not reason enough, <laughs> we we need to be where the people are. And I think social media is is definitely here to stay. But I think we also need to be wise in how we approach as businesses. Uh, even though, you know, my whole thing is is really has been based on social media. My whole business has been based on me helping people with their social media and all of that, I am very much aware that we can't put all our eggs in the social media basket because, you know, there's a big algorithm between us and our customer, us and our audience. So it's really important for us to be incorporating it into a broader strategy. I guess that's my disclaimer (laughs) because I do think it's important to actually go, okay, this is a component and there's no point building this if the other parts of our marketing collateral aren't like aren't up to scratch. So if, if your landing page isn't converting, you know, this is your whole thing, hey, Will, like if your landing page isn't converting, there's no point driving traffic to it from your social media because it, it's just sending people to a dead end. So it's really about getting, you know, the balance of all of these components, your email list, your your paid ads and your website and your branding and your copywriting. All of those things, you know, are equally as important as your approach to organic social as well. I think, you know, they can't really exist in silos. They all build your brand and your business. So I think it's really important. And in terms of channels that I'd recommend, I am, you know, I'm a huge believer in marketing on Instagram. I'm actually a huge believer in marketing where your people are. So if your people are on LinkedIn, then hang out on LinkedIn. If your people are on Instagram or Facebook, then that's where you need to be. I think, you know, you don't need to spread yourself too thin. You can you can actually go, okay, we're not going to be everywhere. If you don't want to do TikTok or Snapchat or any of those things, don't do it. Stick with what you can commit to. And the reason I love Instagram is, you know, I'm kind of waiting for Instagram to overtake 
TikTok. <laughs> I kind of feel like they're releasing new um, new features with the goal of, you know, essentially crushing TikTok. I think that's in their agenda. So I, I really think what I love about Instagram is that it's quite diverse. There's lots of content um, avenues. You can, you know, there's Instagram shop, there's Instagram reels, Instagram TV. Then you've also got the feed and you've got stories. Like there's a lot of diversity in that platform. So that's, I love Instagram for that reason. Yeah, it'll be... um interesting to see what happens with kind of tiktok versus instagram because no one i know uh uses snap anymore yeah um no pretty much because instagram just well basically copied copied the functionality 100 percent. and if you can do instagram and snap on the same app surely you'd you'd just stay in one place rather than having two different apps for it i do think maybe tiktok's a little different because i think from what I hear, the audience is a bit different. Do, yeah. do you feel like for me, <laughs> and this is, you know, probably showing a bit of a generation gap, but I look at TikTok and I'm like, oh, I've got no desire to even try it, <laughs> you know? So I'm kind of like I am investing in Instagram reels as opposed to, uh, as opposed to, you know, kind of trying to drive something on TikTok, but that's, that's probably just my personality. You know, I, I'm kind of like, I know for me as a small business owner, I need to just invest into that channel, you know, and, and also actually I'm, I'm spending a bit of time on Pinterest as well, which is a totally different ball game. It's, it's very different to, it's not even really a social media platform. It's actually a search engine. So it's really, um, quite different and it's really a good you know driver of traffic to your website which Instagram and Facebook and aren't built for that they're built to keep people on the platform whereas Pinterest is built to drive traffic you know to websites so I'm kind of you know spending my time in Instagram and also um, in Pinterest as well yeah I you're right about Pinterest I think it's really underrated Um, yeah but but yeah, it's 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 a weird one because it's kind of positioned a bit as a bit of a social channel in that you you build your um, lists, is it? Yeah, like you build your you, boards and your yeah. boards, yeah, yeah. Um, and and other people can look at them, pin them. I'm not too sure. I've never really used it yes. to be honest. But but yeah, yeah it's um, it's supposed to be really good at driving traffic and driving sales because it's pe- people are looking for products and things that they want um i think it's really good for like arts and crafts sort of things as well um yeah. people looking for inspiration and then kind of clicking through to the websites where they can buy bits um, yeah absolutely yeah it's, it's really important that people identify where their customers are and engage with them on those platforms but equally yeah it's important that they pick one or two that they can actually commit to yeah so you know 100%. there's no point trying to run well, just every social channel, e- even if you could argue that your your audience is on all those channels, um, there's just no point trying to run them all because it, it's, especially as a small business, because each channel could be a full-time job on its own. Yes, totally. And, and yeah. then when, when something like TikTok is so different to the other channels, uh, like the, the type of content that you need for it, you can't just repurpose content for it. You have to create content for it. So, you know, arguably you can 
write a post for Facebook. You could probably cross post that to LinkedIn. You could turn it into a couple of tweets. You could probably post the image on Instagram and, and maybe and just, you know, write a new caption for it and use some hashtags. But then, yeah, yeah from there, it's starting to get a bit more difficult. Um, I guess maybe if you did it as video content, you could put video on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. But then that format for TikTok's different. Yeah, yeah, everything has to be vertical. And yeah, just, just the type it, of content they want as well, the, the actual the actual content the actual, is, yeah. is so different. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm I'm interested to see how businesses, you know, adopt TikTok as part of their strategy. You know, a lot of the a lot of the small businesses I work with haven't really dabbled in it. You know, they're kind of still looking at Instagram reels with a bit of a quizzical <laughs> look like, how do we do this? And you know, what are we supposed to do with these things? So I think it's you know, if you're a creator or if you're a personal brand, then then maybe it's a different story. But I, I do think if you're a small business, I'm all about, you know, the path of least resistance and going, okay, where yeah, where do my customer hang out? And and actually how many on how many platforms do I want to be contactable as well? You know, I I find it really, you know, keeping up with all the messages, requests and all those things across all of the different social platforms. That's also a lot too because people expect a response quite quickly. Um, and so there's also managing that, you know, I think I think people can spread themselves too thin, especially, you know, in, in small business or in, in startup land. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You spread yourself thin. You can't respond to, to incoming tweets or messages uh, that quickly. And, and also, if you do start to focus less on certain channels, the people who do visit you on those channels, it becomes very, very obvious too. So if, you, yeah. if you're only tweeting once, like every couple of days, people notice that, they notice you're not very active um, and it kind of affects their vision of your brand, really. If they're not an yeah. Instagram user, but you're posting every day on Instagram and, and you get loads of engagement and stuff, the, the people on Twitter don't see that. Um, totally. It, it might even be better just to kind of claim your account on Twitter and just, I don't know, maybe just put a post up saying, not really active on here. If you're looking for our brand, best place is Instagram or something like that. Just be, yeah. be kind of honest about it, but take the opportunity that people are might be searching for you there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point because, yeah, you just don't want to be yeah, misrepresented either and you know, the worst thing is when people contact you and you're like, whoa, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even check this platform and, you know, it's taken me a week to respond or, you know, those, those types of things. And also a lot of the algorithms, they favour people who are quite active on the platform. So I know with Instagram, it's not just about, it's not just about you posting and getting engagement on your post. It's actually about you engaging with, other people on Instagram, other profiles, other brands, other businesses, and, you know, commenting on their posts and engaging and responding to people's comments on yours and, you know, responding to people's stories. It's really about, you know, how much you contribute to the overall platform. So if you're across too many, it really becomes quite hard for you to maintain that long-term. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, just for, for my business, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn, but that's about it. 
I, I, I want to try Twitter a bit more um, for, yeah. for the business, but just tr- trying to carve out the time because I want to make sure I do it properly. You know, it's, it's really easy for me to just schedule up some posts, but if that's all I do, it's not just not going to get anywhere. Yeah, totally. And then you kind of, you know, if you're not prepared to engage and build community on there, I just think it ends up being kind of, you end up kind of adding to the noise rather than actually going, okay, what what's our objective here? Are we trying to speak to everyone or are we actually just trying to speak to a select handful of, of our ideal customer and, and really nail that um, that message and, and, and the way we communicate with those people. And I think, you know, it's just good to be <laughs> pretty ruthless, I reckon, with, with what you do and don't, um, what platforms you do and don't, you know, engage on. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And if you're not the owner of the small business that you work for, you need to push back a little bit and say, look, we don't need all these channels. Let's... Yeah. let's do one let's let's really nail this one and then maybe we look at you know one one other yeah i love that so are there any kind of misconceptions that you come across about social media for brands totally <laughs> so the first kind of myth that i see a lot is that it's a volume game it's about how many followers you have and you know, I've seen people have amazing success on Instagram in particular when even with a really small audience, you know, you don't need tens of thousands of followers to actually see a return on investment that you're spending. I think where people go wrong is when they approach it like they would approach, you know, a billboard on the side of a highway where it's like, buy my things, <laughs> you know, you know, check out my stuff, like look at how good it is, come see how good I look, you know. I think that's where people go wrong and what we really need to do is shift our mindset and go, okay, this is a relationship-building channel. This is about me as a brand being so personable that people will allow me to be in their phone, <laughs> to be like in their, like as they're, on their commute to work, they are allowing me to see, to, to show them my content. And that's a really, you know, that's a really prized position to be in. And it's the same with if, if someone subscribes to your email list, people don't give out their email, you know, willy nilly. <laughs> they really, they're actually saying to you, I value you enough and I trust you enough to, to kind of show up in my inbox and to show up in my feed. So, I think what we really need to be doing is going, okay, how do we make sure that we're adding value and building relationship and community on these channels? It's not just about posting and walking away. It's actually about engaging and building community. So that's the first one that it's a volume game. It's not about how many followers you have. It's actually about the engagement you have with those followers. The second myth is people, you know, people often come to me and go, oh, cool. I'm going to launch this thing. It's going to work because I, you know, I've got 50,000 followers on Instagram. And I will be like, that sounds great. How many email subscribers do you have? <laughs> because your money is in your email list. So it's really great for you to have um, an awesome, engaged community on Instagram. But 
we've got to be funneling those people into an audience that you own. So we need to be you know, leading those followers to actually go, hey, if you want to get better content, if you want to be a VIP, if you actually want to get access to these guides that we've got or these discounts or whatever it is, then you need to be in our email list. And and that's what I, th- I think a lot of people are now realizing, oh, like anytime Instagram make a change to the algorithm, my whole strategy, my whole marketing strategy has to change. And I really think we need to be smarter than that and go, okay, right. If Instagram make a change, it's not going to derail my whole business <laughs> because, you know, I remember when Instagram switched from chronological back in the day to, you know, seeing, you know, they introduced the algorithm and people were up in arms because they were like, oh, I had my posting schedule worked out. I posted four times a day at, you know, 11, 17 a.m. That's when I got all my engagement. And actually it really derailed a lot of people's marketing strategy. And I just think we need to be really wise in how we, you know, it's great to build your Instagram audience. And, you know, for me, Instagram has driven a lot of growth um, for clients and for, you know, students of my courses. But it's really important to be building your email list and to be using social media to do that. So that's the second one. Second myth is that you don't actually own your social media audience. And the third one that actually, you know, I come across a lot as well is people think you can't make money on social media. So at the same time, you know, you know, I'm saying build your email list. And that's a that's a long-term strategy and something that you should be definitely doing. But the other thing is, you know, you can use social media, you can use Instagram to build relationships with people. You know, it could be with other businesses. So maybe you could run a collaboration or maybe you could get onto someone's podcast or vice versa. Like it's actually about building relationship, not just with customers, but with other people in business. I think that's a really, really key thing that I've learned. But also, you know, I found when people direct message me on Instagram and they're asking me a question like, hey, like how do I, you know, can what's your email so I can send you I have a question for you or I want to work with you. Like, how do I get in touch? When my responses are really personable, when I'm kind of going, hey, cool, this is exactly how we do it. Here's a link to book a call. Those people already trust me because they've followed me, they've engaged with me, and I've engaged with them on social media. So I've made plenty of sales just through my Instagram direct messages as well because people are looking for someone that they trust to provide them with a solution. So I think, you know, don't think you can't make money on social media and particularly don't think you can't make money on Instagram because you definitely can. People are people are becoming used to shopping on Instagram. So, you know, I think we've got to be present in order for that to happen as well. Yeah, especially around the owned, like owning your data or not that your data, I guess your customer's data. Yeah. The the risk is always that uh, the algorithm will change, which completely affects uh, like your reach or, or has makes you rethink your strategy. I mean, we've we've seen on Facebook, like organic reach on pages is, is tiny these days. Um, Even I I think a lot of um, kind of smaller businesses, consultants, coaches, those sort of people move to groups 
and I think even groups the last couple of years have seen quite a quite a decrease in reach because um, yeah. obviously Facebook Facebook sees this you know they I guess initially they thought groups were for you know groups of friends to organize meeting up or or playing football or something so when they saw that people were using more and more for business instead of pages they just went well in that case we're going to drop the reach and you're going to have to find it find a different way to do this um so if you and it's the same with uh, like instagram yeah like you say you know all they've got to do is change change the algorithm and suddenly you, your reach drops your engagement drops and you've got to spend time figuring out why and how to fix that whereas yeah. if you if you can just over time softly kind of funnel people to your website get them to download an ebook or something cap- capture their data and then just you know you don't have to email people frequently like you, you could just do it once a month and just make sure you've got something valuable to say once a month to keep people engaged there and and it just protects you um and obviously the worst that can happen is for some reason your account gets banned and if that happens yeah. you might be able to get it back you might not and if if you don't and you've not taken any like precautions against that um or, or done anything to to mitigate that you're kind of starting from scratch yeah absolutely and i mean that would be that would be terrible and that happened to um a business that i've worked with as well they they lost their whole account you know and they had to build it from scratch and you know they lost and it was maybe like 20,000 followers you know which isn't isn't huge but for them it was like oh actually like getting organic followers is a slow <laughs> it's a slow build you know so yeah that definitely happens so we you just want to have a bit of a contingency plan which is is what i think your email list um is for sure yeah i mean I, i'd like to hope that um if that did happen to a brand but that brand actually had a good presence uh, and, and engaged followers those people would a, a lot of those people would find that brand on the new account um, yeah absolutely but obviously you, you will have people who don't notice it so much and so when you they, they might like every post they see in their feed but if you suddenly disappear they just don't realize yeah so they're, totally. they're not they're not kind of that engaged um yeah but i guess for a small business even if you're driving you know might, might be a couple of thousand dollars a month from your instagram account through people just clicking through or um or you know they, they see a post and they go oh yeah no i did need that like i need to go buy another one or whatever you know, you know that money yeah. drying up can uh can hurt some businesses absolutely absolutely um so if someone wanted to get started with social media or i guess review their their strategy because they don't think it's working what are some of the key things they need to be doing to to make it to make it work well let's say let's say with instagram yeah that's a great question i think you know first and foremost i think you need to be malleable in your approach so i think you need to be able to have room to respond when um or to adopt new features you know because instagram are investing what i've learned is when Instagram invest a lot of money into developing a new feature, so IGTV when that launched, what happened was no one was using it. You know, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to rival YouTube, but no one's engaging with it. You know, no one kind of thought, oh, what is this? Why do we, 
why would we need a video longer than a minute? Like that's so weird. And so what they did was anyone who engaged, you know, anyone who posted IGTV content, Instagram just showed it to more people because they were highlighting the feature. They've invested all this money, all this time into adding this new feature. And so they're going to really prioritize that content because they want more people to adopt that content. So the same thing happened with when they launched Reels. Same thing happened when they launched Shopping, when they launched Stories. So what we need to do is we need to be responsive. So when Instagram, you know, releases something new, we need to be the first people to give it a go, you know. And and I know with Reels, a lot of people feel a little gun shy about Reels and a lot of people also feel like, do I need to dance in them? (laughs) And for me personally, I'm like, no, I don't want to dance in my Instagram Reels. Like I find that... (laughs) I find it weird. I'm like, no one wants to see me dancing. I'm I'm just trying to help people and I don't know why I need to be dancing. So I think there's a lot of hesitation, you know, as business owners and we just need to really go, okay, we've got to commit to being early adopters. If we, if we give it a try and it doesn't work, we delete it. It's fine. You just, that's it. It's, it's not the end of the world. So I think we need to be okay with, when when new things launch, we need to jump on it straight away. That's the first thing. I think the second thing is to to really succeed on social media, you need to have a clear content strategy. You really can't be ad hoc just going, oh, cool, I'm just going to post this here and this here and, you know, hope for the best. It really needs to line up with your overall marketing strategy, you know, and, and it really needs to add value to your audience. And I always say that if it's if it's not adding value, it's adding to the noise. And so we need to be, as business owners, we need to go, okay, come back to our ideal customer. What do they want to see from us? What do they care about? What are their pain points? And how do we create content that actually engages them and meets their need? You know, it's not just about you know, us selling things. It's actually about us going, okay, here's the pain point. Here's the challenge that they're facing. Here's how my product or service helps to solve that problem. And we need to communicate it in a visually engaging and consistent way as well, because Instagram is so visual. So I think the second thing is having a really clear content strategy. And also, you know, I'm a big believer in batching tasks. I think small business owners, you're the owner operator, you are busy, you're time poor. So when you invest in creating a blog or a podcast or, you know, a piece of video content or an ebook, you need to repurpose that content and put it into your Instagram channels and not just on your feed one time. You need to put it in your stories. Then you need to put it in an Instagram highlight or can you can you put it in IGTV? Can you do a real version? There are so many ways you can repurpose one piece of content just on Instagram alone. There are so many avenues um, for, you know, using the content that you've already created. So I think that's a big thing as well. And you know, for small business, another batching thing that I love is, you know, I use Canva a lot. And what I love about Canva is that you can have a template and then you can resize it for different platforms. So, 
you know, you might have a different, you might want to post on Instagram stories and that, that um, the dimensions of those posts, they're, it's a longer tile. So you can quickly resize the content that you've created for your Instagram feed that's typically um, a one-by-one ratio or a square post um, or a four-by-five and you can resize it for stories. So there's lots of easy ways to make your brand consistent, to make it look and feel professional and, and high quality, but it doesn't have to take you ages. So there's plenty of plenty of tools and programs that help you to batch this stuff so you're not kind of, you know, getting home from work and going, oh, my gosh, I haven't posted on Instagram in three weeks, you know. What am I going to post? I think having having tiles ready to go, having posts scheduled in a scheduling program that works for you. And, you know, having a bank of photos is a game changer as well. Like there are so many great ways and easy ways to batch your marketing tasks. So I think, you know, just path of least resistance. (laughs) Sometimes we overcomplicate things and I just think we need to treat social media like, you know, kind of like accounting. (laughs) We almost need to treat it the same and go, right, every week we run payroll. You know, this we pay our staff every single week. You know, it needs to be the same with social media. Hey, every week we schedule out our posts in advance. Every day we check in on our direct messages to make sure we haven't missed anything. It's really about making a system out of it so that you can, it's actually sustainable for your business. So I think they're the main things, you know, and, and the final thing actually with on Instagram. It's different to other platforms because it's entirely visual. You know, a lot of people don't think about how their Instagram grid looks overall. They're thinking about how the single tile looks. And what you need to do is you need to check out your profile and actually go through and go, okay, how do all these posts look next to each other visually? Do like are the photos edited the same? Are the are we using different colored tiles every single time? Like, are we actually using our brand colors and fonts? There's lots of little things you can do to make your presence feel more professional, more high quality, and and kind of boutique. So I think it's really about nailing that look and feel. And you know, there are so many programs you can use to make that easy. And Canva is just one of them. There are so many apps. Um, and even what you can do in your scheduling programs, you can see what your overall grid looks like before you post. So it's it's a lot of moving parts, but when you get it right, you start to really see heaps more traction in in your results online. Yeah, definitely. I know what you mean. I'm actually quite bad at that myself. I have a kind of, like I know what needs to be posted each day, but I'm for the most part post like I create the post on the day um which yeah. I know is really bad because it's it's also just inefficient uh, and it takes longer so I think yeah I agree yeah. like if you plan out like plan each week get things scheduled not only do you start to see better performance because you're being consistent you're you're making sure you are posting every day but also it it just it's so much more efficient business wise um you spend totally you can spend like an hour maybe two hours putting together the posts for the week and then you're done yeah whereas if you try and do do it on the day every day you end up spending you know half an hour to an hour every day just trying every day totally and so what I do will is I put a timer on my phone 
and I'll be like, right, okay, I've got, I've got an hour and I will go, right, I've got a bank of photos. I already know they're in my scheduling program. I've got design tiles ready and, you know, I will put on Beyonce <laughs> and that's because when I listen to Beyonce, I'm like, I'm writing copy now. Like I'm, I'm writing badass copy. And so I will sit, listen to Beyonce and, you know, if my husband hears me listening to Beyonce, he knows I'm like, I'm writing sales copy, babe. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm serious right now. So you've got to find what works for you, but it's just getting it into the rhythm of your week. I think that's a big thing. And, and when you're busy, often the things that actually you need to do are, you know, not urgent, but they're important. And I think social media and, and creating high quality content is is important and it's something that we we definitely need to invest the time into for sure yeah i, I think it's it's worth mentioning that it, it does take time as well to see the results yeah you know, totally you might get you might start to see followers and and get some engagement with posts which is which is great you know that's it's good to see it's it's one of those uh, i guess like secondary kpis that makes you go yeah okay this is this is kind of working people are engaging but it does take a bit of time to see like the ROI on it. You know, I've, yeah. I, it took me probably the, the best part of a year. Yeah. 10 months posting almost daily on LinkedIn um, to, to actually start seeing people messaging me um, about work and, beca- and, and saying because they've seen these posts. Yeah. And, you know, work's coming through other ways, so it's been fine. But on social media, yeah, it, it's taken quite a while. But now I've got people quite frequently just dropping me a message saying, e- either just acknowledging they've seen the post and saying, you know, it's it's, it's great, just just wanted to say, keep it up. Um, or people will say, uh, get in touch with work. And then when we have a quick call, they say, yeah, I've, I've seen the content you put out. You obviously know what you're talking about, so I wanted to get in touch. And that is so good because what you're doing is you're building trust with these people who, like, are watching, you know. Like, I think sometimes we forget, you know, people people see what we put out there and maybe maybe the sales don't flood in straight away. But if you're present and also, like, for you, like, Will, like, establishing your business, that's so powerful because it means that you're becoming known for what you do and that takes so much time and so the fact that people are reaching out to you now going oh cool I can see that you I trust you because I've been I've been watching your content that's just so cool because you know people it takes people so many times to see your content before they even register what is it that they actually do again (laughs) like it takes a lot of time for people to actually go oh okay I get it now I get what you do so that's such a testament to you like that your content has resonated with people um that's awesome yeah exactly and and actually just one more thing to note on that I reckon 99% of the time the people who have reached out to me um to, to have a chat haven't interacted with the posts at any point so they've, they've that- never liked or commented on a post um, or as far as I've noticed, and they are the ones who get in touch, whereas the ones who do comment, like, share, um, they, they do that consistently, um, but they're, they're never the ones that get in touch. 
Yeah, that's so fascinating. There's people always watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess kind of on the flip side of that question then, yeah. um, what, what are the mistakes people make? Um, I suppose uh, apart from not having a strategy um, and, and maybe spreading themselves too thin, what, what are some of the other big or common mistakes people make? I think where people go wrong is when they forget you know, it's a social platform. It's about relationship building. I think when people forget it's about the customer. Um, also, I think it's when people forget why the customer would be engaging with their content. You know, when I'm on Instagram, I'm not looking for something to buy. You know, I'm just looking at nice things. I'm, I'm looking at brands that I like. I'm looking at my friends and what they're doing. I'm looking at musicians, artists, whatever. I'm not looking to buy something. I'm not necessarily on there looking for a solution to a problem. But if someone can entertain or add value or inspire me, I am far more likely to engage with that content and with that brand. So I think we need to also remember the objective of the platform. You know, it's it's about engaging with real people. And I think sometimes we can forget oh, there are real people on here and people who are seeing what I'm putting out there and people who are finding it valuable. So I think that's definitely, definitely one. Um, the other thing I, I think that happens is people think it's really clear. People tend to think that they're being really clear in the next step that a customer should take. I think people make the mistake of thinking, oh, like it's so obvious how, how to engage me for, for work. But I think we need to be really explicit with, okay, if you want help with X or whatever it is, then here's how to reach out to me. Send me a DM or, you know, book a call with me here. Like making it actually quite clear how people can take the next step because, you know, often if you don't, if you don't ask people to actually take the next step they they won't do it so I think it's actually being clear and and also thinking about your language what you know I had this one client and she ran this skincare company and she was doing these facials and they were really quite technical and they treated all these skin conditions and and you know the results they were getting were amazing but I would look on her social channels and be like you're speaking in a language I don't understand. Like you're actually making this so technical. I have no idea what you're talking about. And I don't want to buy because I feel confused. People don't buy things when they're confused or when they're overwhelmed. So if we can make it really simple, really clear, and and make it the next step really easy for someone to take, then I think we're going to get way better results on social media in particular. And you know, for her, when she changed, you know, this skincare clinic, when she changed her approach to Instagram, she is now like, I I get new clients on Instagram. That's where she gets new clients. She is like, Instagram has changed my whole business because now that I understand how much look and feel plays into it, how much my copywriting and my language plays into it, how much the design of the tiles plays into it and, you know, the content strategy now she's like people trust her similar to you like people trust her in her field of expertise and they don't even blink at how much she charges or whatever because they're like oh no you've been helping me for 
six months. So I'm in, you know, and I think we've got to remember it is about a long game as well. So you can get really amazing results on Instagram. It's just about having all those moving parts, you know, really working together nicely and having having a game plan for it. Yeah, definitely. On the uh, telling people what the next steps are, um, it's something I come across on websites as well. The amount of e-commerce websites where you'll go to a kind of a category page to see, you know, like a list of products and lots of sites don't put call to actions there. So they will have a list of products and it's just kind of boxes of images. Uh, sometimes there's not a box. They'll be, you know, obviously the box is there um, technically, but th- there'll be, you know, rows of images and each image will have the name of the product underneath it, the price underneath it, and then there's the next product. And so many times people say to me, oh yeah, but we don't need a call to action there because everyone knows you just click the product. And yet, even though, yes, people are kind of used to that and people know you should do that, adding that button which says view more or add to basket or quick buy or something, it it improves the interaction by a huge amount. Just by adding, you're basically adding like a little command so it's it's not yeah. it's not just the fact that people aren't realizing they can do that. It's by saying by giving that little command, people are going, "Oh yeah, okay, I will do that." Totally. Um, That's yeah, and you must see that all the time. Hey, where people think, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's really easy for people to buy from me," and then you're like, <laughs> "Where do I buy?" Like, make it easier. You know, <laughs> I find I'm always like. No, not clear enough. Like, no, make it clearer. <laughs> yeah, make it easy. Like, I want to give you my money. Make it easy. You know. Yeah, and, and just similarly on uh, on on the actual product pages for for products, so quite often you'll get a like a ghost button. So a button that's just got an outline. Uh, it's it's like a, a, a white button on a white background, and it, all it's got yeah. is the black border and black text saying "Buy now" or something. And again, people say, oh, yeah, but everyone expects there to be a buy now button like in that space. It's like, well, yeah, but why not just make it obvious for people? Why not make it like a bright orange button on your page, which really stands out and makes people go, oh, yeah, cool. There it is. I'll click that. That's the button I want to click. Do you think that's like people wanting the aesthetic to be nice? Like, is that? Because I understand, like for me, I'm like, I don't want to put a big red button on my page, but I also know I need to have something that is bold and and clear. It can still be one of my brand colours, but it, it needs to be striking, you know. And do you think it's to do with aesthetic that people avoid doing I, that? I think it tends to come from there. The, and I, I don't want to be like mean to, uh, to designers, but... See it a lot with designers. They they work hard to make a site look really good, and they generally do a good job of that. But it means that the design isn't designed to encourage people to convert. The design is yeah. there to to make the site look pretty and be on brand, and for everyone to go, oh wow, what a nice looking site. But actually, it it does need some of those elements that you know, designers might find a little bit offensive um, to, to get people to <laughs> yes. click. And, yes. and and you you can keep things on brand by just having a similar style. 
like, all right, and a bright orange button might not work for everyone. It doesn't have to be orange. Um, but as long as the, the style of the color is the same as the, the other colors on your page. So if you use uh, like flat colors, make sure it's a flat color. If you use kind of pastel colors, make sure it's like the call to action fits that. Um, and, and, and it works. You know, there are sites out there which, from that point of view, kind of look a bit horrible because they've got these bright call to actions. But because that call to action is the only thing, that color on that page, it gets clicked. Yeah, so true. I feel like I need to edit my website to make <laughs> my button more clear because it it's so um, – I think – I don't know if if you find, you know, English people are like this, <laughs> but I find Australians are so – hesitant towards calls to action i know that a lot of the american podcasts i listen to they're like well like we just sell the stuff and they're really they're really upfront about it but australians are can be kind of shy about that stuff so it's interesting you know the you can be direct without being salesy and i think that's the fine line that we we have to walk as as marketers is okay how do we actually lead people without making them feel like, oh, we're pushing them. You know, it, I think it's different. It's leading them by the hand rather than shoving them <laughs> to go do something. But do you find, like, in your work, do you find that there is a difference in culture between, like, I don't know if, if it's just an Australian thing, that it's like, oh, we don't want to be direct or, you know, we don't want to have a call to action kind of thing? Uh, I think I think maybe a little bit, like, yeah, maybe people don't want to be a bit too forced, like what seems like a bit forceful with it. But then at the same time, you'll go to their website and they'll have a massive banner on there which says 50% off sale um, ex- expires today, like buy now or miss out. And they'll have a huge, it'll be a huge red banner at the top of their page. And you're like, well, you're not exactly being subtle with that, are you? Um, <laughs> yeah. But if you look at, you know, Amazon, Amazon's just just an unbelievable example of this. Um, I actually I, I took a screenshot of one of their product pages the other day for some slides I did for a webinar, and I, ju- I was just highlighting all these little um, kind of behavioural nudges they have. So things yeah. that um, target customers' anxiety and tar- and targets motivation, and they had so many things like, you know, or, or so many products on there. The price will be crossed out, and they'll have the the price you're going to pay. And it's, it's, it's so many products that are kind of on sale, but it's Amazon. It's never on sale. It's just their price. Um, so you'll yeah. have that. Then they'll have something which says, oh, just, you know, if you order it by 5 p.m., you'll get it tomorrow. Like with, with free delivery tomorrow with Prime, uh, Prime Delivery. But it's not a, it's not like a huge banner. They don't make a big deal out of it. It's just almost like one of the bullet points in that product description. And then on this particular one, um, I think it was like a flash deal or something. But again, they didn't make a massive deal about it. They just said like flash deal price, uh, 52% claimed. Um, and there was and there was a timer on it. I think it was about 12 hours left. But again, it was just, they did it in a way which didn't feel overpowering or anything. It was just a little reminder, like a little nudge to me that, you know, if I want to buy this, I've got to do it today. 
Um, yeah, and, totally. and also 52% claimed kind of gives me the impression I might not even have until the timer runs out to buy it. And then even so better clever, at the bottom, they had uh, an extended returns period over Christmas. So they said, you know, it was literally like extended Christmas returns until 31st of January. So it's that yeah. another little nudge that makes me go, all right, I've got like two and a half months to return it if I don't want it. They use all these all these little things which deal with those issues um, that that people might have when when buying on a website, but without just throwing it in people's faces with a massive message. Yeah, I love that, and it's I guess it's handling objections in a really it's really clever the way that they do that and they, they're handling all these things. Oh, I'll just come back later and find it. It's like, no, 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 you won't because you're not going to get it. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like all these little, I love that, that you call them nudges because I think that's really clever because a lot of people, you know, I don't want to be, you know, shouting from the rooftops. I think of those, um, you know, those, I don't know, there's this um, kitchen store and it's like, um kitchen appliances and like utensils and stuff and it's just permanently everything it feels like a closing down sale every single day (laughs) and it's like you know they've got these floor to ceiling huge sale banners but all year round they they never put the sale banners away and it's you know my husband went into one recently and he was like are you guys actually closing down or what and they were like no 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 these just work for us, like these huge red, yellow banners. And and it's like, that is so bizarre. Like it seems like overkill, but I mean, maybe it's just being so direct that it it works, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I can't see how that works in the long term. We, we've got, I don't know if they're still about actually, but there's two, I won't say the brands, but we have, a, there was a jewellery brand or is a jewellery brand here, which has stores. And they always have um, sales on and their site always has sales on. I don't know if it says closing down sale, whether it's just, yeah. but it's like always up to like 50% off sale. And then there's a, I think there's a furniture store which does it. And I think there was one that specialized in carpets and they would yes. literally just always have a sale on. And you're like, are you just, are you just massively <laughs> overpriced or something? Like why? <laughs> What, so why funny. are you always 50% off? It's, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. It? <laughs> I'm concerned now. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I guess it, it works for them, but that's, yeah. I guess that's what they've built their brand around. Um, you don't go, I, I wouldn't associate them with quality. No. I'd associate, you know, if, I, if, if for some reason I need a cheap sofa or a cheap carpet or something, that's or where I'd go. like but, Persian, Persian rug or something. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like yeah. rugs are always on sale every time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you do you think there's any, I guess, especially with the year we've had, um, are there any big trends coming up in the way businesses use social media or, or with what customers want from social media? Yeah, I think, and I mean, we kind of already touched on it, but I think Instagram Reels, you know, if we're talking about Instagram, I think Instagram Reels are a huge, there's a huge opportunity there. I think that trend um, you know, is is probably here to stay. You know, Instagram have updated their the actual. Um, oh gosh, I've forgotten the technical term. But when you when you open the app, the menu bar along the bottom, they've updated that. So, and I think they're rolling it out 
you know, they're trialing it on different profiles because one of my profiles has it and one doesn't. But they have along the bottom, they've got a reels tab um, and a shopping tab. So they're making it, they're making it really um, easy for people to buy things, you know, so the shopping thing is going to become more and more advanced. And, you know, if you follow brands, you can just browse all of the brands' shops in one page on, on Instagram. So that's really um, a huge opportunity for e-commerce. I think that's a really big one. And, you know, yeah, I think Instagram reels are, are a huge part. I'm interested to see how advertising works in Instagram reels. I think that will be, um, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes. And, and you know, one thing, one trend I'll be watching is really how Instagram approaches TikTok and how they try to, um, you know, compete with TikTok. And, and I think that will be a good one to kind of um, keep watching. So, um, and as I said before, I think another channel that is interesting to be to be looking at is Pinterest for the search engine capability. You know, people are looking for a solution to a problem when they're on Pinterest. They're looking for inspiration for a home reno or they're looking for, you know, brand like identity ideas and things like that. So I think, you know, if your brand works in with with some of those big things that people search for on Pinterest, then that's definitely something I, you know, for our business, that's what we're going to be investing some money in ads um, on Pinterest as well. So they're probably the big things that I'm going to be looking out for. I think IGTV is is kind of a slow burn. I think, um, you know, working in with, you know, that those longer form videos, I think that that's kind of here to stay. But, um, yeah, I reckon they're the main... They're the main big trends I'd be I'm looking out for. Yeah, I mean I think I I barely notice IGTV. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I've only watched it once, and I think that might have been by accident. And I just happened to tap it. Um, yeah, right. Because yeah, I think other- yeah, I don't know. Yeah, don't really know well, what would happen with that. Yeah, well, the other thing that happens is. If you engage with video content, you'll see more video content on Instagram. But if you engage more with um, static posts or carousel posts where like it's kind of the slideshow style ones, then, you know, you'll see more of that. Like Instagram are super clever in how they actually curate content that they think you'll engage with. So it's almost like we've got to think of them as as a an entertainment platform where they're curating things that they think you'll engage with so well if you don't if you don't like igtv videos then you're probably not going to see many of them because that's not what you engage with so whereas i I feel like i see a lot of them so and i don't even think i watch that many but I, i guess i do because that's that's what i'm seeing a lot of yeah i mean it 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 makes sense doesn't it um yeah it's it's easy for them to tailor it uh tailor the platform so so why not? Um, just a, a final couple of things um, as we're running out of time. Um, do you have any pet peeves when it comes to marketing? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I do, Will. Um, yeah, my pet peeves are 
inconsistent branding and look and feel. Uh, I think that color and typography are really the ways that people recognize your brand. So I think if you're not being consistent with those things, it kind of, you know, sets you up for a bit of a loss and it means it's harder for people to remember your brand. So I think that's a big one. Um, Another one is when people, when brands and particularly marketers sensationalize things. I, I find that that's a big pet peeve when they, you know, make things up or stretch the truth and they don't, they don't show integrity or authenticity. I think that's a big thing that people are now looking at going, oh, I don't know. Like, did you really make that much money from this one ebook or like, (laughs) you know, are you, are you really telling the truth? So I think that is one of my pet peeves for sure. Um, People not really having integrity in the way that they market. And I think the other thing, final thing would just be when people forget who they serve. I think it's it's really important to be, keep coming back to your ideal customer and, and who you're really here to help in your business. And it's, you know, it's about people. It's about helping people. And I think when people, when businesses forget that, it really starts to show and, and yeah, I, I think it's really important to remember that it's about, it's about the people. <laughs> so they're probably my my big pet peeves at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I I get really annoyed when I see kind of coaches, mainly coaches, really. Um, they'll put out a post saying, "I I, I did I did this seminar with my like one to one clients. Uh, I normally charge five grand." Uh, for the course but for the next two days i'm giving it away for 99 dollars or something and you're like yeah i hate that so it's disrespectful to your clients because they've paid you five grand and now you're giving it away um you've and you've either ripped off those clients because you're saying it's not worth five grand or well, yeah, that's it, I guess. Like you're basically saying it, it was never worth five grand in the first place. Yeah, I find that really uh, yeah, that really irks me. And and yeah, it, you're right. It is in the coaching and consulting space. And, you know, I'm kind of in the online course space as well. And I find that that happens a lot um <laughs> in that realm. And so I'm often having to check back and go, is this actually this thing that I'm saying is worth this much, but we're giving it, you know, for X amount or like assigning a value to something. I think there's there's merit to doing that, but I have to really believe it's worth that much, you know, <laughs> for yeah. me to do it. So I think it's really, um, yeah, I think that there'll be people and and coaches who, you know, don't deliver what they promise. And I just don't think that's a really a good way to run your business. So I think it's a very interesting time where anyone can be an expert in anything. And I, I think it's fraught with <laughs> potential problems if people aren't staying humble and, and staying, you know, honest, you know. So it's a very interesting time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so just finally, do you think there's a particular like underrated aspect to marketing at the moment? 
Yeah, I think, do you know, I reckon the underrated thing is making it fun. I think people forget that, you know, people want to experience joy and people want to laugh at things. And when I find people taking it too seriously or, you know, forgetting to, obviously it depends on you, on your brand and your business. You know, if, if you're talking about a, you know, heavy issue, then you can't make that fun. But I think, you know, for, for some brands, it's like, oh, you could probably show your personality a little more. You know, you could probably be a little more real. You don't have to share your deepest, darkest secrets, but you can probably have a bit more fun with it. Um, so I, uh, that's my personal approach. I, I'm trying to keep things pretty, um, I'm trying to not take things too seriously and, and trying to go, okay, well, we're just, we're winging it and we're making it up as we go. And, and you know, if it worked, like some things we do that really work really well and other things we adapt and go, okay, well, we learned from that. Let's go in a different direction. And I think, you know, I, I just think in online marketing, we are all learning, you know, and yes, we can have expertise and authority in an area, but I think we're all learning and it's really important to stay <laughs> stay a learner in, in this whole industry that we're in because things are changing all the time and and I think it's really important to to keep things keep keep things in perspective as well. I think that's a big thing too. Yeah, definitely. I think um yeah, it's it's nice to you know have fun with marketing. That's kind of yeah. But well, like part of the reason I got into it, I guess I just saw it as more interesting, more more fun and engaging. Um, obviously, I've gone ended up going down a slightly different route with the the area of marketing I work in. Um, but you can still, I, I guess, there are still some fun things you can do. Um, but it's just a lot of what I do is, I guess, quite functional now. Because um, it's website optimization. Um, yeah, but you can put fun into functional. You know that yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> you can you can do that. It's it's just it's yeah. It's a bit of finding the right brand. Um, <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes totally. for it. Sometimes if if the brand itself doesn't <laughs> allow for much uh, <laughs> much, then yeah, it, it gets quite difficult. But um, yeah, cool. I, this has been absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, really love it i've i've and i've been terrible at social uh I'm, I'm not a massive social media user so um it's really interesting hearing from someone who who is and <laughs> who knows how to do it so um yeah <laughs> well, if, thank you if uh people want to get in touch or find out more what's, what's the best way of doing that oh yes so follow me on instagram it's lalasocialclub.co so it's l-a-l-a socialclub.co and, you know, send me a DM. I'm always keen to chat. And also what we have is, and I'm not sure if you'll put this in the show notes well, but we're actually, we've just launched this new um, weekly video series where what we're doing is we're sending, you know, if you sign up, we're sending you a an express business tip essentially. So, Every week you'll get expert business advice in five minutes or less. So it's all about sales, marketing, course creation, social media, email marketing, all of the things. And yeah, they're all delivered in five minutes or less. So that's a freebie if you if you wanted to kind of have a little pep talk every week <laughs> from me, then you can sign up for that. And it's just mymarketingplaybook.com forward slash express business tips. 
and you can you can get those straight away. So yeah, but thank you so much for having me, Will. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. And thank you to you all for listening. It's it's great to be with you guys. All right. Thank you so much. One of the most important things to remember is that social media was originally about social media, being social. People like to visit their social media accounts to, to escape a bit, see what their friends are up to, to get inspiration for their next trip, recipe, DIY project. So if your brand interrupts that with a very salesy message, it's not likely to do very well. But if they view it in the same way as they would a friend's post, they're much more likely to engage and build up a relationship with your brand. Just remember that you don't own your audience on social media. So no matter how well you do there, how many followers you get and how engaged they are with you, you've got to be driving people to your email list. That's absolutely crucial. Get them in through competitions, content downloads, quizzes. Just make sure you get them onto a list that you actually own and won't be affected by algorithm changes. If you'd like to speak to Laura, just find her on LinkedIn or head over to lalasocialclub.co. Any other questions, uh, feedback, guest requests, uh, anything like that, if you if you want to have a chat, uh, just email will at customerswhoclick.com. Next up, I've got Ollie Bridge with me. We're going to talk about personalization and going that extra mile to delight your customers. But until then, keep those customers clicking. Yeah.